When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Lakers talk till 8 o'clock tonight. Got a lot to get into. We'll react to Lakers' loss to the Clippers yesterday. Um, why have the Clippers dominated the Lakers the way they have? It's kind of an interesting question, interesting topic there. And I don't know if I have an answer to it, but I'll do my best to describe. Um, two more games left for the Lakers. So still a chance to do some damage here, but the Lakers obviously got to take care of their own business. Uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation will take some time to join the show Uh, So we got a lot that we're going to get into. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Feel free to uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa, if you got any topics that are of interest. Okay, so let's start with this. Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers last night. A lot of hype behind that game. The problem was is the game, Lakers had a game against the Utah Jazz the night before. That game went to overtime. So we really didn't have, we couldn't really set the stage for the Lakers and the Clippers, it was a quick turnaround. It wasn't one of those that, all right, Lakers are at 41 and 38, Clippers at 41 and 38, and both teams got two days off, and we could talk about it for two days before they played. That was not the case. Um, give the Clippers their credit 125, 118, the final score. Uh, they continue to dominate the Lakers. Um, I, I th- This is the one thing that I took away from the game more than anything else. I get it's the Clippers. I get that people made it a big deal that it's those two teams going up against each other. I think Ty Lue had said it's the first meaningful game that he's coached between the Lakers and the Clippers that the other ones just didn't live up to par. I get that the last time the Lakers had beat the Clippers was back in July of 2020 in the Orlando bubble, believe it or not. That's the last time the Lakers have beat them. But for me, the, the thing I looked at most yesterday was What does this game mean in the NBA standings? Laker fans, I think you guys have heard me talk about it. I think the opportunity to get basically a week off by avoiding the playing tournament is so important. It's so, so critical for the Lakers that based off of the injuries, LeBron James came back, missed 13 games. Anthony Davis has been in and out of the lineup yesterday, played for the first back-to-back since November of this year. I think he's only played in one back-to-back, but at least the last one he played was in November. There's been a couple opportunities since the All-Star break. He missed two of them. He played in yesterday's game. Um, We all knew just how important yesterday's game was, aside from the Clippers' standpoint. It was important because you go look at the NBA standings and the chance to control your own destiny as far as not having to play in the playing tournament and getting those six, seven days off I thought was the most important reason. Um, There's a reason why Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers played 43 minutes yesterday. Why? Because the Clippers know how important it is to potentially get that time off, especially for them too. Paul George is out. Nobody knows when he's going to come back. So I think that that's a critical piece of it as well. Those role players are going to be important. Kawhi is going to be important. All these guys are going to be important for them. So they obviously knew how important it was. Another reason why last night's game was so important. Um, Think about this. LeBron and Anthony Davis were listed as questionable because that game against the Utah Jazz, which, by the way, came back to haunt the Lakers yesterday. 
um, having to go into overtime, the what uh, AD played. 43 minutes, 42 minutes in that game against the Utah Jazz. I think Dennis Schroeder and Austin Reeves played over 40 minutes. Um, LeBron played 38 minutes. That loss against, or the win against the Utah Jazz, but the fact that it had to go to overtime and you had to use so much of your energy um, certainly did not help the Lakers' chances yesterday. But LeBron and Anthony Davis played for a reason. For those who thought, no, I don't think they're going to play. Um, they played them, and they played them in a back-to-back, and they played them under all these circumstances, and the Lakers still lost. just kind of shows you how important that game was for the Lakers as well. Um, I, I don't want to make excuses, but I think there's a story to yesterday's game. Some people like to hear it. Some people don't like to hear it. But here's the reality of it. The reality is uh, part of the reason why the Lakers lost that game did have to do with you know part of the scheduling, right? The scheduling of um, you had an opportunity – or not, not opportunity. If you were the Clippers, you didn't have to play. You didn't play games since Saturday. So you had a couple full days off before that game yesterday. The Lakers played three games in four nights. I think that had an effect on the Lakers. But the Clippers took advantage. And you know what? The Lakers are going to be in a position here come tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns who are playing Denver, um, playing Denver tonight. But um, the Lakers will have an opportunity to take advantage of a Phoenix Suns team that's going to be playing on a back-to-back but I do think that that had an effect on the game, and it's not an excuse. It just tells part of the story. The Clippers are also a good team, and they also show up every time against the Lakers. Um, I'm going to read a quote here from LeBron. He said, it's one of the toughest games we've had this year. Coming off the road trip and getting back late last night after an overtime game, that was one of the scheduling conflicts in the season and definitely got the best of us tonight. I think there's some truth to that. And then I also think there's some truth to the Clippers playing good basketball, Norman Powell kind of controlling things in the third quarter, getting to the free throw line, dropping 27. Bones Highland had 14. Terrence Mann had 10. All those players came off the bench. I think they had 55 points off the bench. So um, the Clippers took advantage of a Lakers team who has been playing well, who I think since the All-Star break is 14-7, and seven. Um, who have found themselves in a position to even fight for one of those top six seeds where a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, I don't think we'd have been having that conversation. So I don't think the world is over that the Lakers lost that game. I do think there are storylines behind that game, and part of it has to do with the scheduling. And uh, and I also think the Lakers, you know, right out the gate, were down 15-3, to came back, took a 26-25 lead. Then they were down 19 by the time halftime came. They were basically trying to play catch-up the entire way and, uh, you know, and that certainly doesn't help. I think the more interesting question, Travis and I were talking a little bit about this earlier. Why do the Clippers dominate the Lakers? Um, and is it a big deal? I, so I, I found myself, I'll give you my perspective of the Clippers. My perspective is this. Okay, they've won 11 in a row against Lakers. I don't really have an answer why. The only thing that I could think of is, they must have better roster construction than the Lakers do. They must, if the Lakers have not beat them since 2020 in the Orlando bubble, then they just, as simply put, just have a team that the Lakers have trouble with. The construction of their roster much must be better than the Lakers' construction. I mean, they got, what was it, the following year after the uh, Orlando bubble, um, the Clippers got to the Western Conference Finals. Last year, we obviously know what happened. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs. Kawhi was out. PG had the health and uh, safety protocols in the final playing game, and the Clippers lost that game. Maybe to the Pelicans it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. But nonetheless, um, the Clippers versus the Lakers 
they played better. Maybe it's something that means more to them. Uh, maybe it's better roster construction. Maybe the front office has done a better job of put, putting together a team. However you want to describe it, 11-0, and 0 is that's not a small sample size. That's a big sample size. And 32 out of 39 is also, that's a huge sample size. Why has that franchise, at least in the regular season, dominated the Lakers? The best idea that I could come up with is, um, their roster construction and the teams that they've put together over these last couple of years is better than what the Lakers have put together. You could say, okay, yeah, but what about injuries? Well, Kawhi missed a year. Um, Paul George has been in and out of that lineup. They load manage. So I don't want to use that as an excuse. Yes, the Lakers have had their fair, fair share of injuries as well, but the Lakers are over in their last 11 games against the Clippers. Do I think it's a big deal? I guess that's the second part of the question. For me personally, I don't really pay too much attention to it. Would I rather have them would would I rather have had the Lakers obviously beat them a few games? Of course. Do I wish the Lakers beat the Clippers yesterday? I do, but it had more to do with the standings than it did with the you've now lost 11 in a row against the Clippers. And maybe this is the only thing I could come up with. I think maybe because the two teams have not played in the playoffs, and they've never faced each other in the postseason, it doesn't mean as much to me that the Clippers have won this many games in a row. Maybe for other Laker fans, it bothers them a ton. Maybe for Clipper fans out there, it's a great accomplishment, and they love that they dominate the Lakers in these regular season games. But if I'm looking at it from a Clipper perspective, I would, you know, obviously um, – it's great to be 11 and 0 over the last 11 against the Lakers, but I think them winning a playoff series against the Lakers would be much more meaningful. And it's not their fault. Both teams have not collided. Or you could say part of it's their fault because they had that opportunity in the Orlando bubble, up 3-1 against the Nuggets and it just didn't happen. The cards have not it has not played out to where the two franchises have faced each other. But I don't know if I'm losing sleep over it that the Clippers are 11-0 and over the Lakers over these last 11 games. I think for the Clippers, it, I'm sure it's much more important for them to make a deep playoff run than it is to be to win the last 11 against the Lakers. Maybe I'm wrong on that. And I think for the Lakers, it just doesn't hold the same amount of weight simply because um, we don't have any history with the team in the postseason where it matters the most. We can't look back and say, man, the Lakers were up 2-1 against the Clippers, and then Kawhi went on a tear, and they won four games to two in the Western Conference Finals, and the Clippers got to the NBA Finals. We haven't had one of those matchups. Like I, I use as an example, the history that the Lakers have with the Phoenix Suns is, well, the Suns had to beat the Lakers in the first round. Lakers were up two games to one. Anthony Davis got injured, and then they got to the NBA Finals, and then they end up losing to the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, there's a little bit of history there because the Suns beat the Lakers in the playoffs. Back in the day, right? Let's go back in the day, um, the Shaq-Kobe days. You had history against the Spurs. You had history against the Kings. You had history against the Blazers. But all that history was at, was about the playoffs. It wasn't about the regular season. Uh, I'd love for the two teams to cross paths in the postseason, and I'm sure the success that the Clippers have had, they would love to see that as well. Um, but because that has not that has not happened, I I pause, I hesitate to, you know, look at that, look at the recent success that the Clippers have had against the Lakers, and say, man, I'm going to lose sleep over that. 
don't know if every Laker fan feels the same way. I, I just don't uh, – again, I, I go back to it. Last night's loss, wish they won the game. But I wish they won the game because of the standings, less because the Clippers having won now 11 games in a row against the Lakers. So that's the way I've kind of looked at it. If you want to hit me on Twitter and give me your opinion, at Alan Sliwa, you could feel free to do so. Um, Clippers now kind of uh, in the driver's seat for the number five spot. If they win their final two games, they will play the Phoenix Suns in the first round. At least it looks that way. I know there's still a lot of moving and shaking going on. Now the Lakers need help. They do not control their own destiny. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about that. What last night's loss did to the Lakers and some of the different scenarios that are in front of them. Plus, I want to put some stuff into perspective here of how the Lakers have played since the All-Star break because I think it's sometimes easy to forget that and we just kind of find ourselves frustrated after one loss. I want to spend a little bit of time on that. Uh, Trevor Lane is going to uh, join us in about 15 minutes. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. How about this? Only two regular season games left for the Los Angeles Lakers. Kind of crazy how quick the season has gone. And we know we're going to at least be in the playing tournament, so we know that. Uh, Yahoo Sports did a really good article of all the different playoff scenarios for the Lakers. I'm going to get into that in just a second. Uh, Quick shout-out here to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Greatly appreciate their partnership on Lakers Talk. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Okay, so I want to put some stuff into perspective here and just kind of play out all these different scenarios that's in front of the Lakers. First off, let's uh, put a couple things into perspective. Lakers went 4-1 and one on that road trip. 4-1. and one. Um, They beat Chicago. They beat Minnesota. They beat the Rockets. They beat the Utah Jazz. Granted, overtime, however you want to call it. They beat the Utah Jazz. And then they lost against the Clippers. 4-1. and one. If I'd have told you Lakers were going to go on a five-game road trip and they're going to win four of them, uh, every single Laker fan would have signed up for it. That was important for the Lakers to do it. It wasn't perfect. Uh, they looked great against the Timberwolves, great against the Bulls, great against the Rockets, struggled in the final two games, but they split those final two games 4-1. Uh, and one. They're 14-7 and seven since the All-Star break, Laker fans. 14-7. and seven. The Lakers have been playing well, all right? And... 
Last night was a step back, but I don't think it was the end of the world. Um, and I want to. The reason why I want to set it up like that because it's so easy after the Lakers get a loss to think it's doom and gloom. And yes, it was a big game against the Clippers. I'm not downplaying that. Yes, they could have put themselves in the driver's seat to avoid the playing tournament. But a couple of weeks ago, I don't even think we were having a conversation about avoiding the playing tournament. It was about just making the playing tournament. And now the conversation has shifted to can you avoid the playing tournament and get one of those top six spots and take your chances from there? So not ideal last night, but overall for the Lakers, I'll take my chances what this team has done over the last couple of weeks. And like I said, since the All-Star break, 14-7, and seven, with LeBron missing 13 games, with D'Angelo missing at least eight games, maybe nine games, whatever the number is, they've, Mo Bamba was out for an extended period of time. He's now back. So the Lakers have um, put themselves, I think, in a good position to still try to get one of those top sixes, but they're going to need a little bit of help. So let me explain what's in front of the Lakers now, if they are going to do this, how they're going to get there. So this article in Yahoo um, – Breaks it down. I, I, I like kind of hopefully this is simplifying it. And I'm going to read a little bit directly from the article on Yahoo Sports. It says the Lakers can't fall lower than the 10 seed, so they are at least guaranteed a spot in the plane. Okay, we already know that. Currently the 7th seed. Yep, got that. They're game back of 5th of the Clippers and 6th seed of the Golden State Warriors. Now the Lakers, we know, have the tiebreaker on the Warriors um, eighth seed is the Pelicans. They're also 41 and 39. So the Lakers and the Pelicans, identical records. But the tiebreaker goes to the Lakers when it comes to that. They're a full game up on the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are 40 and 40. And, um, you know, three games up on the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is why the Thunder don't matter anymore, simply because the Lakers uh, w will mathematically have already clinched um, the top 10. So. Let me play this scenario out for you because this is going to add a little bit of clarity of what can still happen in these final two games. First off, let me say this. The fact that there's still this many scenarios left with just two games left to go is mind-boggling, but I think it kind of falls in line with how the entire season has gone, or at least the last couple of months have gone in the Western Conference. There was a time, I think, 4 through 12 was separated by three and a half, four games or whatever it is. So I guess I shouldn't be shocked that with two games left to go, we still have this many different um, photos that could determine what the standings are going to look like by the time it's all said and done. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Pelicans, and the Timberwolves all have two games remaining to figure out the fifth all the way to the ninth place in the Western Conference. Here are the potential scenarios for the Lakers specifically. The only way the Lakers can finish fifth place in the Western Conference is they got to win their final two games, and the Clippers have to lose out uh, of their final two games, and the Warriors have to lose one game. Okay, So the only way the Lakers can get to fifth is they win their final two, Clippers lose their final two, and the Warriors lose one of their final two. So most likely... That's probably not going to happen, but there's still a chance for the Lakers to get to number five. I saw a lot of people hit me yesterday in the postgame show saying, hey, Al, got to be honest, if they don't finish in the top five, I don't have a problem with that. At least you get to avoid the Phoenix Suns. Um, before last night's game, a lot of Laker fans were saying, listen, if you win out and you end up with the Phoenix Suns, sounds good. Roll up your sleeves. 
uh, take five, six days off, go mano a mano with KD and, and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre, Monty Williams, the coach of the Phoenix Suns. The chances of that still happening is very slim. Like I said, a lot would have to happen. Lakers would fin- win their last two. Clippers would lose their last two. Warriors would have to lose one of those games. All right? So we'll we'll kind of wait on that one, but the chances of that happening, probably not likely. likely. Sixth place, however. Um, in order for the Lakers to face the Sacramento Kings in the first round and avoid um, the playing tournament, They'd have to win their final two games, and they need Golden State to lose one of their final two games. So again, Lakers would have to beat the Phoenix Suns and then beat the Utah Jazz. They'd need a little bit of help because the Golden State Warriors tomorrow are going to be at the Sacramento Kings and at the Portland Trailblazers on Sunday. Um, A reminder here for the Warriors, this has been their Achilles heel has been NBA or has been road games. The Warriors are off on the road. They're 9-30. and 30. Basically, what you're asking for from the Golden State Warriors is they're 9-30 and 30 on the road all season long. You're asking them to lose one of their final two games and hope the Lakers beat the Suns and the Utah Jazz, who probably both have nothing to play for uh, moving forward. That's not a crazy scenario. And it's also... I think if you asked any Laker fan out there, whether it was before last night or even you know tonight as we do the show, um, everyone would prefer, if you can pick your, your map, you can pick which road to take. I think everyone would prefer the number six spot. The number six spot is not out of the question. And the, the benefit of the number six spot is this. The benefit is... You, you get to, after you play your game on Sunday against the Utah Jazz, 12.30's tip-off, let's say the game's done by three, you don't play for at least six days you get to rest. You get to rest your body, Anthony Davis gets to get right, LeBron gets to get right, the guys get to practice together, you gain some continuity, the practice that you miss during the regular season because there's so much travel and so many games bunched together, uh, that's a real, real benefit to have six days off. And then on top of that, you get the Sacramento Kings in the first round. A Sacramento Kings team that does not have playoff experience is not a team that's you know um, been through the Western Conference Finals in the past, what was it, 2006 was the last time they even made the playoffs. So you'd get to face the Sacramento Kings in the first round, and oh, by the way, second round, you play either the Memphis Grizzlies or whatever playing team got in. But again, you get to avoid Denver, You get to avoid Phoenix. You get to avoid the Clippers. You get to avoid the Golden State Warriors. Six is the spot, and it's not still, you know, completely unrealistic. Now, what else can happen? What else can happen is you lose against the Phoenix Suns. The Pelicans win out their last couple of games, or the Timberwolves win out their last couple of games. And now you're talking about being in the playing tournament and potentially starting the playing tournament on the road. So... There's still a lot of things that can happen, but um, I just don't want you know Laker fans to look at what happened uh, in yesterday's game and just think that the world's about to end. It's not about to end. Uh, the Clippers were, re- were well-rested. That game obviously meant a lot to them, and they played some good basketball against the Lakers yesterday, but I still think a lot of what the Lakers are hoping to accomplish is still in front of them, and to be honest, even if the Lakers won their final two games and Warriors did too, all right, then... You, you're the number seven seed. You're, you have a playing tournament game, probably most likely on Tuesday. 
go handle business on Tuesday and you're still going to get three, four days off or whatever the case is. So those are some of the different scenarios for the Lakers. Um, but it doesn't help. It, I mean, the only way you can still kind of not control your own destiny because you need the Warriors to lose a game, but you got to finish off these two games strong. And I don't have an answer for you. You know, the Phoenix Suns, who are uh, playing the Denver Nuggets, are going to be coming off a back-to-back. I don't know if tomorrow's game against the Lakers, they're going to decide, you know what, let's play everybody. Let's get a game in against the Lakers. If we can hurt the Lakers, let's hurt the Lakers, and we can force them into the playing tournament. I don't know if the Phoenix Suns are are going to enter that game thinking that. If they do then we probably got a good matchup on Friday night waiting for us uh, tomorrow at Crypto.com Arena. If it happens, cool. If it doesn't happen, all right, it is what it is. But the Lakers, um, when you when you have to depend on other teams to avoid the playing tournament, it doesn't mean anything unless you take care of your own business, and that's what's going to be in front of the Lakers here for these next two games. Uh, all right. Uh, also want to spend a quick second talking about this. The standings, Denver, Memphis, Sacramento – that's all that's all slotted there there's nothing that can really shake from those top three spots it's gonna be an interesting playoff run it really is uh I don't know if Dallas will find a way to squeeze themselves in or they're gonna be boxed out but for this many teams still still so much shifting that's still going on and what's so fascinating too is the games on Sunday and I'm sure the NBA is doing this strategically everybody's playing on Sunday and you're either playing at 10 a.m. if you're one of these Eastern Conference teams or you're playing at 12.30. That's it. There's no other games going on. There is no 5 o'clock tip-offs, 4 o'clock tip-offs, 6.30 tip-offs. No. What the NBA has decided on Sunday is we're going to have everybody play, and you're going to play at 10 a.m. or you're going to play at 12.30. And I think part of that's going to be the scoreboard watching. I think part of that's going to be, I mean, heck, one of these games on Sunday are Pelicans and Timberwolves. So that could very well determine where the Lakers end up if they handle business or if they lost one of these last two games. So kind of a fascinating strategy. I don't think they've ever done that one before. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, to see how that shakes out. Okay, Trevor Lane, who does a really, really good job for Lakers Nation, is going to come join the show. Um, a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about in the first half hour of the show, I'm going to bring it up to Trev to get his opinion. Uh, plus, we'll... Uh, Talk about kind of what what the best, well, the most likely scenario. I know what the best scenario is. Best scenario is you end up at that number six spot and get that week off. But what is the most likely scenario? We'll talk about that as well. Do that with Trevor Lane coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
dived. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Uh, next game for the Lake Show coming up tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns. Late tip-off, 7.30 tip-off. We'll start pregame show at uh, 6 o'clock. Um, and that's it. Two games left. Game uh, uh, tomorrow and a game on Sunday, and then we'll get to the hopefully no-playing tournament, but that could happen. Uh, but regardless, the Lakers will at least be a part of the playing tournament. I want to welcome in good buddy of mine, a uh, frequent guest of the show, and does a fantastic job covering the Los Angeles Lakers for Lakers Nation. Trevor Lane. What's going on, Trevor? How you doing, man? Hey, Alan. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. I kind of jump right into it here, and I got a lot that I'd love to get your opinion on. Lakers lost last night, 125-118 to 118 to the Clippers. I was trying to kind of put things into perspective. Um, since the All-Star break, the Lakers are 14-7. and seven. They went on a five-game road trip. Yes, the game against the Clippers does count as a road trip. It's I know it's at crypto, uh, but they went four and one on the road trip. I'm not telling you it's perfect basketball. I'm not telling you that the Lakers are perfect, but even though they lost yesterday, what is your perspective of the Lakers right now as we head into the final two games of the season? Yeah, I think it's easy to get kind of trapped in that one game, right, and feel like, oh, my gosh, this was so bad. They lost because it's, it, it was a, a game of magnified importance in terms of the playoffs. And then, of course, it's the Clippers, and you never want to lose that game. And unfortunately, the Lakers have been doing that quite a bit lately. So it's easy to get stuck on that game and lose sight of, as you said, what they've been doing over the past few weeks. In fact, over a month now since the trade deadline, they've been phenomenal. They, I mean, this is – as good as you could have hoped in terms of the record, in terms of what they've done in the standings, the climb that they've made, it's it's all been fantastic. Uh, you know, unfortunately, they didn't get the win against the Clippers last night. But if you, if you step back, we've seen some really really good things out of this team, and so I think there's a lot of reason for optimism, even if in this moment it does feel bad that they dropped that game last night. Yeah, it is, um, and I, I like setting it up that way just because in the moment. It's oh, it's Clippers. Both teams are forty-one and thirty-eight. And I'll get into what the Clippers have done to the Lakers here over their last eleven games, um, and even a much bigger sample size than that. But I think it's important to also point out: if you'd have told me three weeks ago that the Lakers are fighting to potentially not have to be in the playing tournament, or maybe even worst-case scenario, if they were win these last two games, and even if the Clippers and Warriors win theirs, that they're the seventh seed. Um, I would have signed up for it, right? I, I, the, most of the season, we had no idea if they're even going to make the playing tournament. So just the mere fact that they're doing what they're doing at this stage, I think that's something to uh, to point out. I think here's the million-dollar question that I don't think I have an answer to. Why do the Clippers dominate the Lakers? If, if, I, if I simplify it just like that, they've won 32 of 39 and 11 in a row against the Lakers. Why do you think that is? Yeah, you know, I'm not. I don't know if there's a singular answer. You know, you look at last night's game. Certainly, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of context here in terms of the Clippers had what three or four days of, of rest to prepare solely for the Lakers, and the Lakers were on the second night of a back-to-back after an overtime game. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, makes it feel any better, particularly when they played LeBron and played AD. But you know, that game that makes sense. The previous games in the last this previous or this season and the one prior. 
the Lakers didn't really have a, a team that was prepared to win. If you look at these these last two seasons, the team built around you know Russell Westbrook, LeBron, Anthony Davis. That team wasn't really ready to to win games. Uh, I don't think the same is true of the current roster post trade deadline. But the games prior to that, uh, you know, I don't know what what this is all is all about. I don't know if this is the Clippers approach these games with a heightened sense of importance uh, because this seems to matter so much to them. And maybe the Lakers aren't matching that, that level of intensity, that level of, of effort. I don't think that was necessarily the case last night. I think last night was a, a different situation, but maybe that's been something over, over the, uh, the, the stretch here, but I, I'm not sure if it's just an, an outlier in terms of a, a stretch here where they're just winning more games than you would typically expect, or if it's more than that, I, it's it's unfortunate, certainly from the from the Lakers side of things, and hopefully it's something that turns around quickly. If you if you pan back far enough, obviously their record over the life of the franchise is very very lopsided in the Lakers' favor. But they've got to figure out a way to turn this around. Whatever the cause is, they need a solution to it. Uh, may see the Clippers in the playoffs. I, I guess that's potentially possible. Uh, otherwise, they got to right the ship here next season against this team. Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Trev, okay, so that was one of the questions. One of the questions was, why do you think this is? The other question is, I, I this is just my perspective. Yes, it would have been nice to beat the Clippers. Yes, it would have been nice to. Uh, I wish we were. Uh, I wish we had lost nine of eleven against the Clippers rather than eleven in a row. But does it mean that much? I I, I have a difficult time, you know, trying to tell you that. I'm losing sleep over losing to the Clippers. Yesterday, it had less to do with the Clippers. It's not that it had less to do with it. It's Yes, the Clippers matchup in the Lakers is kind of interesting in its own way, and the fact that the Clippers have dominated the Lakers. But I don't really pay too much attention to the two franchises because they haven't made the playoff or because they've never faced each other in the playoffs. So I don't really have too much history. It's tough to take history from the regular season. And on top of that, Yesterday was just more important to me because you're trying to avoid the playing tournament. Both teams had the same record. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. It was a it was a playing tournament. You know, people say battle for LA. That's not a thing. Like it's very clear which team has the heart of, of Los Angeles. There's no question there. This is a, a Lakers city, and uh, and from everything we could tell, always will be. But uh, but that being said. You know, this is uh, unfortunate timing in terms of, of that playoff race. That put it put a bit of uh, added importance on this game. Other than that, though, I, I think you're right, Alan. I'm not too worried about regular season losses or a streak or anything. I'll tell you, I think it's non-Lakers fans that make it into a bigger deal than it is. Because let's face it, if it was the other way, if it was the Lakers had won 11 in a row against the Clippers, everybody would just be saying, and I'm talking about non-Lakers fans, would just be saying, so what? It's the Lakers. They're supposed to beat the Clippers. Mm. It's only a thing because non-Lakers fans want to be able to take victory laps and enjoy the Lakers losing. That's why it becomes a, a bigger thing and more publicized and, and all of that. It's just, you know, fans enjoying uh, getting a few laps in at, at the Lakers' expense while they can because, let's face it, the Lakers over the, the franchise's history, they've, they've beaten up on a lot of teams that those fan bases are going to look to – to celebrate any struggles that the Lakers have had. Yeah, and, and if I'm a Clipper fan, I'm also saying, okay, that's cool. Um, we've done really well against the Lakers, but nobody's going to really care unless they make noise in the postseason. So I, I'm sure it probably right. goes both ways on that, but it's uh, if you're just looking at the two franchises against each other over this X amount of years, uh, it's puzzling to see how one team 
has just completely dominated the other. Um, Trev, there's still with, with only two games left. It's, I mean, it's almost it gives you a migraine to think of all the scenarios that can still play out here. The Lakers still could get number five. How would they do that? Clippers would have to lose their final two games. Warriors would need Warriors would need to lose one, and Lakers would have to win their final two. They could get the number six spot. How would they do that? Lakers would need to win both of their games. Golden State would need to lose just one of their final two games, which are both are going to be on the road, and Lakers would slot to the number six spot. Based on and they could be in the play-in, and they could you know they could even fall from seven further down. Based on how much you've watched the Los Angeles Lakers this year, based on what you've seen since the trade deadline, um, based on every you know every other team in the Western Conference, pretty inconsistent play. H- how do you think things shake out by the time we get to 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. on Sunday? What spot do you think the Lakers are in? My, I think the most likely outcome is they stay right where they're at, and that's in the seventh seed. Um, and the reason for that is because you, I look at this as you have one shot at moving up to six, and that comes tomorrow when the Kings take on the Warriors. I think that's your one shot at getting a loss uh, into, the, uh, into the Warriors' record. And we'll see who the Kings are playing. Do they play all their guys? Are they locked into their spot and so they don't play many of their players? That's going to be something to really keep an eye on. But after that, I believe it's uh, Portland that uh, the Warriors yeah, finish off the right. season against. I wouldn't I wouldn't anticipate the Warriors are going to drop that game, particularly if there's something to it, if there's uh, meaning to that game uh, in terms of playoff positioning. I'm sure they would prefer to see to stay in the sixth seed and out of the play-in. So I look at this as we'll see what Sacramento team shows up tomorrow night. That's the chance for the Lakers to move up to the sixth seed, which has been the preferred option for Lakers fans that I've been talking to. Many, many people saying they would rather be six than be five because that would put you into a matchup with Sacramento and not the Phoenix Suns in round one. But again, in order to get there, the Lakers need a little bit of help. They need the Sacramento Kings to beat the Warriors tomorrow night. I don't think the Clippers are losing their final two games to make that that up. So I think the most likely outcome, though, I imagine the Warriors probably will figure out a way to get the win tomorrow night. And then that'll put the Lakers in a position where in order to guarantee that they stay in that seventh seed, they need to win both their games. And we'll see who Phoenix is playing. I mean, they're they may be resting guys uh, tomorrow night against the Lakers. They play tonight and then second night of back-to-back tomorrow night. Uh, and then the Lakers, of course, finish things off with Utah. So I think the most likely outcome is seven, but we're all, we're all going to be on pins and needles watching that Kings and Warriors game, seeing if Sacramento can help the Lakers out and give them a, a chance to get to the, to the uh, six seed. Well, and it's fascinating, too, because Sacramento kind of controls their own destiny on this. Who do you want to yep. play, Kings? Do you want to play – if you want to play the Golden State Warriors, then you're sitting everybody tomorrow. If you want to play the Los Angeles Lakers, then you're playing everybody tomorrow. And by the way, I don't know which team that you want. Um, the The Warriors have certainly uh, struggled this year. They've had their ups. They've had their downs. They've only won nine games on the road this year. They're, I think, 9-30. and 30. Uh, but they are the defending NBA champions. And Andrew Wiggins is coming back. And they are a team that certainly understands – had it taken to another gear in the playoffs, or would you rather say, no, we'll take our chances with the Lakers. Um, they've had their fair share of injuries. How fresh is Braun, AD, all this stuff. What? Just And I know we have no way of determining this. We always talk about how everyone wants to play the Kings at the number six spot. If the Kings had to pick, who do you think they would take? 
Yeah, I mean, when I'm looking at this, if I'm trying to put myself in in Sacramento's shoes here, I know the Warriors have been bad on the road, but they are the defending champs. They do have Steph Curry. You've got Andrew Wiggins coming back, and I think there's some uh, some difficult matchups there for them. And the same is true with the Lakers. But if I'm Sacramento, I think I'd probably rather see the Lakers than the the defending champion Warriors. Mm. Um, but again, but it's, it's, it's very close just because LeBron James uh, and Anthony Davis are both dealing with active injuries and trying to get back. Uh, and so you've got, well, how much chemistry are they really going to have as a team? Whereas this Warriors group has been together long enough to where Andrew Wiggins, you bring him back in and it's probably pretty much plug and play. Uh, he can just go. And then the Lakers transition defense has not been great. And that's an area where the Kings really excel. So if I'm Sacramento, I think I prefer the to take on the Lakers if I'm trying to be objective here. But it's, I mean, it's close. The Lakers have been playing fantastic basketball since the trade deadline, so it's anybody's guess what they actually think. But I think I can make an argument for why they they might rather see the Lakers. All right, Trev, I'm gonna try to put you in the same uh, in the same light for tomorrow's game against the Suns. We know the game's important for the Lakers. Jesus. Trev, of the teams that are in the playing tournament. Um, and if that's where the Lakers end up, if they are in the playing tournament, um, who's most dangerous of the, and I know there's still a lot that has to shake out, but the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, uh, whether it's OKC, whether it's Dallas, which of those teams, if the Lakers are in the playing tournament and have to face one of those squads, um, would you like to try to avoid, whether that's in the first game or if they lost that first game in the second game? Yeah, so I I like to I would like to avoid the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think matchup wise, they cause a lot of problems, and I know they you know a lot of people were clowning on them for uh, for dropping a game to the Blazers recently and, yeah. and all of that. But that's still that's still a very good team. Um, the the Lakers really had to ramp to amp it up in order to uh, beat them recently, and and they've got the kind of wing depth, the size on the wings that can really give the Lakers problems. That's the the basic team, the team structure that can give LA a lot of issues. It's having a lot of big switchy wing defenders and the wolves have that. Now I'll add this caveat though. If Zion Williamson is back and healthy, and that's, that is a huge if, but sure. if, because we've been hearing rumblings that he's starting to play three on three and, and all of that. I wouldn't be super excited about seeing the Pelicans. If Zion is, is back in action, I think the Lakers have the right pieces to deal with the Pelicans without Zion, but Zion could go a long way towards uh, tipping the scales in favor of New Orleans if the Lakers wind up in, in that particular matchup. And again, I think it's a bit of a long shot, and who knows what level of conditioning he'd be. Is he in game shape? Is he in rhythm? All that kind of stuff. But if somehow they do get a even 90% Zion Williamson, that could make that matchup a little bit dicey. But in lieu of that, I think the Wolves are the team to avoid. And for right now, it looks like the Lakers are, are – sitting in pretty good shape to do that well trev it's uh it's fascinating man who would have thought with just two games left this is a spot the lakers are there are in and that there's still this much undecided so i always kind of find it fascinating when um and i'm not telling you that every team in the west is perfect it's not i mean we usually see teams that are much more dominant um final question i got for you is denver Memphis and Sacramento, I think all three of those teams, the top three teams in the Western Conference, have been incredibly disrespected for the last couple of months. Um, are you along the lines of those teams are going to perform come playoff time or the disrespect is real? I think it's it's real in that the West is that wide open. 
You know, I mean, right now I think Phoenix is the favorite to come out of the West instead of those three teams. Those three teams have been very, very good, but I'm not expecting those teams to steamroll anybody. It's part of what's going to make the playoffs so compelling in the Western Conference is that there's a high probability of an upset occurring, maybe multiple upsets occurring, because I don't think there's a huge gap between Denver at one and, say, uh, the Warriors at six or the Lakers at seven or whoever else gets into the mix here. I think you've got a lot of potential here for some very, very, very close uh, matchups here in the Western Conference, and that's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be exciting, but uh, I, I just think there's a lot of parity in the conference. Those are good teams, and I, you know, I don't think that that's – I think they're the favorites if they go into matchups, but they are, are far from dominant, and I think we could see some surprise teams make their way through into the Western Conference Finals. Trev, I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you uh, so much for the insight um, and uh, looking forward to having you on uh, come playoff time. All right, bud? Sounds great, Alan. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. A lot to unfold there. I, I love going to him on some of this stuff. He just uh, he spent so much time covering the teams, got such great insight. It's always good to get his perspective. Okay, final thoughts coming up next. Two games left on the Lakers season. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, thank you to uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Always uh, nice, uh, enough, nice enough to join the show and uh, appreciate his insight. Uh, quick shout out here. Thank you once again. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Oil changes. Tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in. Takes about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline instant oil change. All right, this is it for the Lakers. Final weekend of the regular season. So game coming up tomorrow, and then, of course, the game coming up on uh, Sunday. Um, yeah, I don't know what the strategy is going to be. The Phoenix Suns want to play everybody? Do they not? Do they want to hurt the Lakers, or do they have no interest and are just worried about um, – you know, themselves. And the only reason why I bring up that question is they're going to get so much time off anyways that, and they could just decide not to play in that final game uh, on Sunday. Who do they got on Sunday? Just looking here. They're taking on the Nuggets right now, by the way. They got the Clippers on Sunday, so they could decide, hey, you know what? We, we don't care about this game. I don't know what the strategy is going to be, but I do agree with Trev that most teams, by the time you get to this stage, if they've kind of locked up what they need to lock up, they just say, all right, forget about it. Now, their circumstance is a little bit different just because Kevin Durant's only been back for X amount of games, and it's not like they've had you know, a season to all play together. There's A lot, a lot of teams got new pieces, including the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, 
But the Lakers will, you know, obviously have to just kind of handle their own. There was one quote I took from yesterday that was a little bit concerning. This was on um, this was AD. He was asked about how his foot felt after the game. I've been better, but I'll be fine. Uh, hopefully the Lakers, you know, playing those back-to-backs, AD playing the back-to-back, Bron playing the, in the back-to-back. Hopefully that doesn't have too much of an effect for these final couple of games. And uh, I guess we just won't know until tomorrow. Uh, but the Lakers were certainly trying to make it happen yesterday, even though they lost that game to the Utah Jazz, uh, or they won the game against the Jazz, but they had to go to overtime. They wanted the win against the Clippers. They want to avoid the play, and that's what Darvin Ham said um, at the All-Star break, is that their goal was to get to number six. It could still happen. It's not out of the question yet. Just need the Warriors to lose one, one of their final two games. They're at Sacramento, and they're at Portland in their next two games. For the Lakers, got to win your final two. I find it. I do find it interesting that Sacramento can kind of determine who they want to play. If they decide against the Golden State Warriors tomorrow, we're not going to play anybody. Well, you're going to get the Golden State Warriors in the first round. Or if they decide let's play everybody, um, that could also be sending a message. Well, we'd rather play the Los Angeles Lakers than go up against the Golden State Warriors. Either path, I'm sure the Sacramento Kings wish that that wasn't the path that they had to take based upon having the third best record in the West. But that's just kind of the cards that are dealt for them, and that's what the Western Conference is right now. Uh, Laker fans, as always, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. Thank you to uh, Laura Romo. I'm back on tomorrow with Travis Rogers starting at 10 a.m. And, of course, we'll have the Lakers pregame show starting at 6 o'clock. Thanks, Laker fans. Hope you have a great rest of your night.